Hey guys, be sure to check out RogueIntel.com to find the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. You'll find great shows like Candid with Lona Mori, Pure Orgasmic Love, Rogue Intel Prime, The Pocket Dump Podcast, The Powerful Nerdcast, and even us, Now That I'm Older. Be sure to check out RogueIntel.com to find the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. nerd cast ally to good nightmare to you <laughs> well that's a very nice dragon ball z intro you got there it Corey. is it's been a very dragon ball z week we just got done watching resurrection of f we got a review coming out for that very soon it's our first impressions review it's not going to be our final review of the movie we are going to do like a full in-depth version kind of like we did for the other dragon ball z movies but that's not the focal point of today's podcast we got a lot of cool things to talk about and the first one i want to discuss is the daily show just last night was the final episode of The Daily Show. Jon Stewart has been hosting that for over 16 years. And now it's all come to an amazing end. And I gotta say, c'est la vie. C'est la vie. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a really great final episode. Pretty much every major correspondent and actor who's had like their career grown from that show made an appearance. And it was really shocking to see some of these guys. Some of which we haven't even seen for years. Um, but uh, do you consider yourself a fan of The Daily Show? I do. I think I'm like a casual fan because I've never had anything against it. I know mm-hmm. it pokes a lot of fun at uh, politics and there's just been a lot of sort of like people that get butt hurt by that show if they don't like the way they portray something. And their goal is to make you laugh. But I also feel like The Daily Show's, Daily Show's goal is as well to tell some truth and mm-hmm. look outside the corporate shill views of Fox news and CNN and MSNBC, you know, mm-hmm. they're free of those. Mm-hmm. And so it's an interesting way to get news. And they even for a long time said young people got their news from the daily show. I hate to say that I'm one of them. You're one of those. You know, Cause people. I'm not really into politics that much. I tend not to follow it. And uh, a lot of what's going on in the world, I learned just from watching The Daily Show. The Daily Show's got it going on. I mean, mm-hmm. and they even spawned the Colbert, Colbert Report, mm-hmm. you know. And then uh, there's the Oliver Show uh, this week, last week, or whatever it is mm-hmm. on HBO. With which John is, Oliver. Yeah. With, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's a really funny show. It's very much like the British Jon Stewart in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, so th- that show has a place in culture. And mm-hmm. it's sad to see it go. But also Jon Stewart, um, I feel like, is probably a pretty good director and everything else like he's doing other things and there's no way you're the host of the daily show what is it five days a week yeah and you do other things exactly there's just no way like john stewart's life was consumed by the daily show of course i mean i understand that the bills from his cameo and half baked weren't exactly paying for everything but (laughs) still i mean this was like an institution for this guy and he clearly liked his job a lot you know as much as the show was like a satirical view on politics he himself was very passionate about it like there was a lot of instances where he would go onto other shows like bill o'reilly and all that him stuff. and bill o'reilly did a lot of crossovers they did they did a lot of mm-hmm. crossovers bill o'reilly of course said his piece with him last night as did a lot of other politicians and celebrities which is bill really o'reilly funny. i'm glad is yes i'm a corporate puppet to sell my fucking books on fox news yeah but he also i feel like is and i'm not trying to say bill o'reilly's a good guy if you if that pisses you off i'm sorry but what i'm saying is he was self-aware enough to go have fun with john stewart on the daily show and that that is cool. That is cool because he said his piece, but John Stewart 
never really let him get away with too, too much. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bill O'Reilly's a tough asshole for going on that show and being Mm -hmm. a part of the whole thing. And I give him credit uh, for that. It was really funny seeing all of the politics because they had like these segments of the show where like the first 30 minutes was all of the original correspondents who came out. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, they had a lot of the politicians who basically like filmed a little something for him. And then they showed like a montage of everybody like Hillary Clinton was saying, right before I'm about to run for president, you decide to quit the show. You're going to miss out on some great material. One of the more surreal things I saw was john mccain who had a puppet version of john stewart and he was like trying to do like an impression of him and i'm just i'm just trying to imagine the scenario of these young producers coming and they're like all right john we just want you to hold this this weird puppet first <laughs> it was weird when they because you see the puppet first and then they pan out and you see john mccain there and it's just so surreal yeah well strange. i'm not even trying to get too much off the topic but i feel like pop culture and politics are almost merging like you see Barack Obama go on WTF podcasts. Mm-hmm. You see Hillary Clinton laughing about that. You see what is the biggest obvious one nowadays. You see uh, what's his name, Donald Trump running mm-hmm. for president. Yeah, which like you see this convergence of pop culture, and they're like, as long as we're cool and funny, we'll get the votes. And yeah. it's like, shut the but fuck up. But is that up. a good thing or is no? That a it's bad a bad thing. thing. It's them yeah. trying. And personally, I feel it's a it's them trying to invade our psyche in a different way yeah. and it's like get the fuck out of here everyone knows you're fake yeah. everyone knows they're like what are you going to do about the debt and they're like well back when i was a senator i did this for my state i'm like well that's great but how are you going to help this country right now that's what i was asking you mm-hmm. you know give me the plan and it, the used to, it used to be like fun and gimmicky you know like uh back in the 80s you know you had jesse ventura who's a very popular wrestler yes. ended up becoming governor you know arnold schwarzenegger you know freaking ronald reagan most people don't even nowadays forget that he was actually an uh, actor he's such before a, like, he became a Republican. A president. He's such a Republican centerpiece in so mm-hmm. many weird ways. People are like, well, I'm doing it the way Reagan did it. And oh, I'm like, yeah. my dad is like such a super Reagan fan mm-hmm. and it weirds me out because I'm like, you know that guy did bad things though. Yeah. You know? he's, he's like a Republican martyr in many ways. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like people hold him to such a high standard while even in some of his later years he had dementia mm-hmm. and was president. Yeah. And yeah, anyway, let's not get too deep into that. But the yeah. point is, it's weird that mm-hmm. he is almost a Republican martyr now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm using that word right. I yeah. never know. I always just throw it in sometimes and hope it works <laughs> out. <laughs> but uh, some of the cool guests who showed up at the final episode of uh, The Daily Show, some of which have gone on to have really, really big careers. Um, some of my favorites was, of course, seeing Steve Carell return, who I'm pretty sure he started on The Daily Show. Or was at least, uh, you know, he wasn't as well-known he, he when he was on The Daily Show. There was a whole segment called Stephen and Stephen. Okay. <laughs> back in the day. Awesome. Um, it's getting to see him come back. And, of course, we had uh, comedian Lewis Black who uh, came in who's, uh, you know, he continues to have a really outstanding career. He just voiced a character in the new Pixar movie, uh, Inside Out. Pixel? Uh, uh, not, not that, not that. Uh, we'll save that for later. We also have uh, Dave Attell, who's a comedian who, like a fine wine, just gets better with age. Dave Attell is uh, one of my favorite comedians. Mm-hmm. I never seek him out as much as I should, but I've always been a fan of him ever since uh, I've seen his Insomnia show. Mm-hmm. Insomnia, to me, is what made Dave Attell known as a piece of comedy history. Mm-hmm. At least like, maybe more well-known in the uh, the public eye. Yeah, well, he got on Comedy Central, which is a big platform for comedians. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got your... Uh, uh, well, I, I could name it. I, the whole podcast could be about famous comedians that have come up through Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. They've been a very good platform for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chappelle Show. The, of you course. Know, like, just they'll go on and on and on. Um, so the point is that uh, uh, I saw Insomniac way back in the day, and I really loved it. It was mm-hmm. always really good. And then I feel like he's got some success from that show, but at the same time, uh, 
he he did his own thing as well on the exactly. side. Exactly. Like, he's really built his own comedy career. Yeah. And he's still doing a fantastic job with it, and he always does good, fresh material, which uh, I, I'm guessing amongst stand-up comedians has got to be difficult. We all don't want to fall into the same old, like, you know, reading the same jokes over and over. We don't want to be like Amy Schumer, who just constantly makes pussy jokes. Damn, you know? you're going after the Schumer. Schumer's a funny comedian, Corey. She, she's, she's got her okay. niche. She's got her niche. She tells one joke over and over, and it just redresses it in a different you're way. You're gonna get some hate for that. There's a lot I don't of chicks that get empowered <laughs> by her. Uh, I'm sure they do, and they can continue to waste their time. Um, <laughs> but uh, they could uh, spend their time better by getting uh, ready for Colbert. And Colbert, I think, really stole the show. Obviously. Uh, out of everybody that came from there, like, you know, he really took, like, the whole idea of The Daily Show, and then they did their, like, own, you know, sort of, like, Republican version of that, but, uh, even Colbert's getting ready to take over the, uh, The Tonight Show, so this was also sort of a nice plug for that, but when he came on, it was really funny, because he said a lot of stuff that was unscripted, not on the teleprompters, and he really caught Jon Stewart off guard, and you actually got to see him tearing up a little bit. I'm sure and, uh, that show was almost laid out, you know absolutely laid out perfectly. Oh, yeah, you know? and that, that was that one moment, because even John Stewart's like, all right, we're going to go to commercial, and then uh, John actually, like, he, Stephen Colbert, like, stopped it. The whole event was live. Like, that was the, the the final show, which is why it was such a big deal, and Colbert was hilarious, of course. Uh, he was saying that uh, John Stewart was the Sam to his Frodo. Oh, you God. Know? And he went on this, like, whole Lord of the Rings diatribe. Stephen Colbert's really... so good about that. He he's, is. He's so, God, he's such that a man never misses a beat. Yeah. He's perfect at fucking live television. Mm-hmm. I really cannot wait to see how he's going to handle this brand new late show. I honestly think he's going to be one of the greatest late night hosts that we have ever had because you know, he's another, just got so much character. Another great white guy to host another late night show. <laughs> well, you should be happy to know that the new the Daily Show is not technically ending. They are going to get a new host. Uh, his name is uh, Trevor Noah. Good luck. I don't know anything about the guy. Yeah. He's a, a young kid, but uh, it was funny. He actually, when he came out onto the show, uh, he wasn't thanking John Stewart or anything. He came out with a roll of measuring tape, and he started, like, measuring the walls behind him <laughs> in his desk and everything. Yeah. And John's like, hey, uh, could I have, like, 20 more minutes? <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. And uh, the show ended with uh, Bruce Springsteen and his band coming out playing their classic song, Born to Run. It was a very emotional final episode, but it was handled with a lot of class. It was really fun. And uh, John, we're going to miss you. I loved watching the show over the years. It's the only thing that's allowed me to enjoy politics. And uh, I hope you have a bright future. I believe uh, someone joked, he's like, all right, from late night show, what are you going to do next? A podcast? So it seems like that's what most people tend to go to after they finish this stuff. But I can't wait to see what John's going to do after this. Well, I, I, I always say that podcasting is the most awesome way to get a show mm-hmm. in the most stripped down way, too. Yeah. It's, we just got two cameras and some microphones and we get to have a show. Mm-hmm. So probably way easier to produce. And he's a great writer, so mm-hmm. he has no problems. Fantastic writer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, people don't realize that that show is probably a group of 50 people mm-hmm. sitting there in huge writing rooms, mm-hmm. just like, just cramming jokes out. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I actually talked to one of the correspondents who is one of the writers as well, because a lot of the correspondents are writers. At, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're involved. They're creative individuals. So uh, it's kind of interesting uh, mm-hmm. hearing how that show works and just runs like crazy and go, 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 mm-hmm. go, go. So it's interesting. Uh, I may not have watched The Daily Show every day. I may not have been the hardest core of the hardcore fans, but damn it, it had a place in our culture. And it's a shame that there's one less really good person at fact checking this fucked up system we have that's called politics in this country mm-hmm. leaving. And uh, I will miss you as well. And I'll it's miss the only, show. It's not only that. It's but, not, uh... 
he was the personality though, Corey. You yeah. know, like it's different. Mm-hmm. It's different. But he was one of the the pillars of Comedy Central. You know, I mean, um, aside from that, I'd say the biggest show is South Park, without a doubt. Definitely. So yeah. it, to see that go, it's like, wow, what are they going to do now? Because Comedy Central has always had a rocky past. Like back in the uh, late '90s, they were failing hardcore. It was actually South Park and The Daily Show which sort of saved them, like from redemption. And of course, they had a few other shows, and they've had a few stars who've come on to uh, have even bigger careers. You know, I don't like Amy Schumer, but her career has exploded because of her popularity, her brand new TV oh, show. Trainwreck? And of course, her, her, What's her uh, TV stint. show? Uh, she has, a, I think it's called Inside Amy Schumer. It's on okay. uh, Comedy Central. It's just, it's basically a skit variety show. Okay. Um, very similar. Um, I think that's actually better than her stand-up, but that's just because there's a little more thought put behind it. It's written yeah. out more. Um, but yeah, just a lot of people have gotten uh, a lot of their careers started from that show. So John will miss you. Congratulations on all your success. And I really can't wait to see how the new show is going to turn out. Yeah, man, you made it. Uh, enjoy it and do what you want next. And mm-hmm. uh, you earned your freedom. Yeah, so did go you for guys it. watch the uh, the Daily Show? Did you have any favorite moments? Please tell us in the comment section. We really appreciate what it. What about the other thing that came on right before that? The Republican national debate? I didn't even watch that. You didn't? Here's no. the thing. I was like, I'm going to watch both. I'm mm-hmm. going to watch the debate. And then I'm going to watch the uh, Daily Show. Mm-hmm. And I was so fucking wore out watching those pay- fake political puppets mm-hmm. dance for us that I was just like, I'm done. And I just went to bed. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have the mental energy. I also went on a long, like, five-mile run right before that. So I was kind of okay. out of it. Yeah. Uh, but the point is that uh, I really wish I'd seen the Daily Show instead of that debate. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is the most interesting dude, man. Like, it is just so funny watching him talk because he just gives no fucks. No, he doesn't care. He doesn't he's get... done with the whole political correctness of the country. Yeah, like, they, one yeah. of the questions I think was, like, what do you say to your critics, critics that say you aren't politically correct enough? Because they quoted, like, a whole bunch of bad shit. They were mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Megan, whatever her name is, one of the moderators was like, hey – You've said things, bad things about women like she'd be she'd look pretty on her knees, you know, or or, uh, uh, you know, like she's a fat slob. And he's like, I've only said that about Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> it's, like, it's like he countered that with even more controversy. Yeah, it's like he fights it fire with fire. He's kind of like, well, you know, that was on uh, Twitter, social media. It was meant to be a little bit of fun. You know, yeah, that's you know, don't take it too seriously. He literally said that. He's you like, know. I say what I say and I have fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to ask me serious questions, we'll talk about it. But, you know, I just talked the way. I talk and i'm not going to start changing that mm-hmm. he's like one thing i did agree with him is political correctness is destroying this country and we need to almost back up a you know bit. i don't like donald trump that much but i agree i do think that we're getting a way too pc about things we're getting overly sensitive to the point where you really got to watch what you're saying because one wrong slip up and it's over for you and it could be something that's completely taken out of context and i like his approach i'm not saying i like donald mm-hmm. trump as yeah. a president president presidential candidate that's mm-hmm. not what i'm saying mm-hmm. What I am saying is I find his approach refreshing. He probably won't get the nomination, but what Mm -hmm. he is going to do is get America talking about doing things that they were uncomfortable talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, because he started that huge big thing with a Mexico controversy where Mm -hmm. he was talking about how Mexico is, the Mexican government is just sending us, uh, they're worse people because they don't feel like dealing with them and they're letting mm-hmm. them get across the border and making it our problem. And he's like, and then they brought up, you know, you said mean things about the Mexican government. What do you think about immigration? He's like, the only reason we're talking about immigration is because I brought it up, you know, and he's mm-hmm. like, it's funny. But the other thing that I don't like about the debates, I got to get on the other side of it is that it just feels like this big platform to be fake as fuck and put on a big smile. Mm-hmm. And the, just these politicians, man, they're like, what, like they asked Jeb Bush, why are you not your brother and your dad? And I'm like, I feel like that's almost like some 
Kardashian shit at the same time. Like, it's like, why are you asking about his brother? Like, why are you asking him how he's going to run the country? You know, mm-hmm. or it just feels so, I don't know, political theater. Mm-hmm. Like they just had individual questions. They say, Hey, well, you said this about that guy standing next to you. So why don't you say it to his face? Yeah. I'm like, just, what are you trying this, to do It doesn't here? seem like it's a debate that should be like on a major news network. It's like, is this like on E network right now? Yeah. Like, like what, what is are this we doing crap? here? Are we trying to fucking have a debate? Mm-hmm. Or are we trying to start, get some headlines for tomorrow? What mm-hmm. are we doing? You know, it's funny. It's like when you're in uh, school, you know, like when we're younger and of course you had the, uh, the, uh, class group, everybody's running for president and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because you want to say that real politics aren't like that, but in many ways they've sort of turned into that, you know? It's just sad. But at the same time, I'm, that's why I say Donald, Donald Trump is a little bit refreshing, not because I want to vote for him, not mm-hmm. because I think he's a good uh, presidential candidate, but because he doesn't give two fucks. Exactly. I like, like that. Even if he doesn't win, just the fact that he was honest about those things and came out, that, that might have an effect later on. Yeah. Who was that other guy? Uh, this is going kind of back. So for some of our younger viewers, I apologize. Um, who was the old guy that ran that was a businessman? Um, had the big ears from Texas. Um, oh, Ross Perot. Ross Perot. Oh man, he had a big. That's thing. some. That's some 1995 shit you're bringing up. You need to watch this interview. It's Ross Perot debates. Uh, who's the guy that made Inconvenient Truth? Man, bear, pig. Uh oh, Al Gore. He debates Al Gore on um, Larry King. God, are you sure that's not a South Park episode? That sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> Al Gore and Ross Perot debate on Larry King. It's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he just schools him the whole time, just saying, mm-hmm. like, this is why you guys are running the country wrong. You guys are just taking deals from Mexico. Mexico's getting the better end of it, but you're just happy you're getting a deal and you're not even trying. You ended up screwing the country up. This is Ross Perot saying this. In the 90s. Okay. And it just shows it's the same thing today. He talks about the way that uh, we benefit from Mexico with cheap labor, but the Mexican mm-hmm. people actually don't benefit at all from us sending them labor and giving them jobs. We give them like two cents an hour and they all just live in shanty towns around the factories. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same thing now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nothing's changed. And he's like, you guys are just fucking the whole country up and you don't care, mm-hmm. you know. And because of him, because he could say the things that other politicians were scared to say. He made uh, balancing the budget the number one thing. So no matter who won the the presidency, that was the number one issue. Mm -hmm. So I find that very interesting because now what we're going to see is whatever uh, Donald Trump ends up making the number one issue, I feel like whoever wins or whatever political party gets the lead will probably still have to deal with the wake that Donald Trump has created. Mm -hmm. So I find all that very interesting. Mm -hmm. He's fucking entertaining to watch, even if he is a clown. I don't know. So anyway, that's as political as I wanted to get. Yeah. This is by far the most political commentary. we've. I'm not uh, telling anyone what's right or wrong. I just think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I live in this country. I got to talk about a little bit. A little bit from time to time. That was a pretty important event. And it all, of course, tied uh, to the last episode, last episode episode of the uh, episode of the daily show but uh let's go ahead and move on to some more nerdy material yeah so a couple weeks ago we talked about the deadpool trailer that got leaked online during comic-con yes just this week we got the uh official red band trailer which was released and it was pretty much the same thing just better quality um but it did change uh finally getting to see that in better quality now i'm really excited to see the movie because seeing those action scenes in the trailer looked pretty freaking impressive yeah and also i got a call from like I feel the same way you did, though, mm-hmm. before I get too into that story. Uh, same trailer as Comic-Con, just better quality. Mm-hmm. But I feel that uh, uh, the edit was a little different. Mm-hmm. I think it was because they cut out that line where he's like, what's your name? Oh, yeah, the, the Negasonic mm-hmm. Teenage, Teenage Warhead. Warhead. He's yeah. like, what the fuck? That's the coolest <laughs> name ever. Mm-hmm. You know, they cut that part out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, what I really enjoyed more so is watching the people that had never seen Deadpool react mm-hmm. to this trailer because they didn't seek out that Comic-Con leak footage like we did because mm-hmm. we're like, you know, 
deep dark in the the dark web finding all that or yeah. on youtube whatever <laughs> but we're we see we suck sunk it out suck it seek it out we we suck it out we sucked it out of the internet and watched it in all of its glory and sucked it down like oysters but here's the thing uh people like my girlfriend she watched it and was like whoa this deadpool movie who is this guy mm-hmm. you know like i just hearing about other people that don't know about this character there's mm-hmm. like this sarcastic superhero with a sword you know and I'm like, you don't know anything about this guy, do you? And uh, so I just found it very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be know? a really fun introduction to uh, you know people who don't even know anything about Deadpool. It's going to shake things up a little bit, too, because I think it's the first rated R Marvel movie, but I might be wrong about that. I think the second Punisher film. You watched him released. on Conan. Tell me a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, that's what's interesting. This trailer actually premiered him, Ryan Reynolds, on... Uh, is what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, it premiered on uh, Conan, and it was the Red Band trailer, despite the fact that they did go ahead and censor because it's on national TV and everything. Uh, But they had a nice little interview. You know, it's just... You know, Ryan Reynolds is a really funny guy, but, like, when he's not, like, on or anything and he's not acting, he's just just a regular dude. Yeah, I've seen uh, many interviews of him just being a normal guy. He's mm -hmm. not Robin Williams, which is like, ho, 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 ho. Like, Robin Williams almost created a goddamn monster for himself because he had to keep that shit up throughout his whole life. Uh, But Ryan Reynolds knows when to turn it off. But uh, he was just talking about his experiences making the movie and how... Uh, you know, Green Lantern was just a train wreck and how he never wants to be a part of that again. Clearly, he had a really bad experience, not only with that, but even with uh, X-Men Origins, which, you know, they had that Deadpool trailer for a trailer this week, which was him sitting in the armchair doing the whole, like, epic movie voice. Yes. And then, uh, you know, he even mentioned that they fucked up his, uh, you know, voice by literally sewing his mouth shut. From the studio that brought you the fucked up Deadpool with his mouth shut. Exactly. Um, I'm really glad that they're acknowledging that. We were all sort of hoping that hopefully in the movie they might actually have Deadpool break the fourth wall and mention that but uh you know they went the extra mile with this trailer and it just made it really really funny um but yeah the interview he has with Conan is really good but it's it's just interesting seeing that different side of him and uh the audience was really jacked up when they saw the trailer you could almost sort of tell that a lot of those people didn't even know who Deadpool was he actually had to like explain what this character was and how he's had his roots and uh Deadpool is he's not an old like super old character I think he's been in comics for a little over 20 years. Um, but, you know, he's still a very obscure character to people who just don't read the books whatsoever. Yeah, like, I've sunk, or sunk, I got fucking <laughs> tripped up on that word again. <laughs> um, I've I've seeked out Deadpool information. Mm-hmm. And I, I know because I've had to go look up Wikipedia. I've watched a lot of the episodes online where he was on the Spider-Man episodes. Mm-hmm. I uh, looked at the uh, Deadpool versus the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. uh, where he kill- Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, where it's some... <laughs> It's an alternate timeline, by, but by the end of it, Deadpool even ends up going outside of the comic and killing all of the artists making the comic. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it gets so breaking the fourth wall, it's the fifth wall at a certain point, you know? <laughs> so, but the point is that he is such an interesting character and uh, so self-aware and, and refreshing. Refreshing, You know, yeah. I'm, that's my biggest hope for this movie because as much as we get excited for a lot of these big comic book movies, a lot of them tend to fall into the same trappings and a lot of them even have, like, the same story just different characters copied and pasted in. Yeah. Um, and this one's just also refreshing, of course, because of the Deadpool costume. We've talked about it in length. It just looks great, especially in that trailer, getting to see it in action, 
in full HD. The eyes are really expressive. Even though he's not going to have the costume on the entire time, it is true that in the comics he does take his mask off from time to time. Uh, as, uh, half of his character is him in his fucked up face. Mm-hmm. And of so. course, it's, you know, it's, it is a movie we have to show the actor a little bit. It's not going to be like a Darth Vader character where there's like the final reveal at the end. It is integral to why he actually wears his outfit and everything. Just hope they get through the origin story quickly. Hope they get to the action fast. Oh, yes. That's my that's the only big fear I have for the movie is that it's just going to take forever to get some big Deadpool action. And after everything, they there's a in the lot trailer, of heavy lifting to get to who that character is. There is because a lot of people don't know who Deadpool mm-hmm. is. They just like, who is this funny ninja guy with a sword mm-hmm. that's crude and shoots people, yeah. you know? So, and that's what he looks like yeah. from the outside. And they also have to establish that this is set within an already existing universe. Cause in the trailer, of course you see Colossus who looks the best movie version of Colossus I've ever seen. If there's one thing the movie's doing, they're making these characters look like their comic counterparts. Yes. You see Colossus. He looks exactly like he does. He's got the arm rings around the, his arms and everything. He just looks big and bulky. bulky. He's got the same haircut. You know, he looks a little more bigger. It looks than the like, one his yeah, just, like his costume. Yeah. Like his costume looks full dead on. on yeah. classic Colossus, which is so damn awesome. And, uh, you know, if there's one thing that a lot of these superhero movies need to take a, a page from, it's how they're doing the costume design for this movie. And, uh, you know, segueing away into this next segment, I want to talk about uh, some movies this summer which have bombed really hard. One that just came out in the last week, which is a movie that I've never been excited for, but it's the Fantastic Four. This movie has just crashed and burned Every single critic is just annihilating this movie. Do you mind if we go before we go too far into that? One of the other controversies that was around this movie is uh, so we're from Atlanta and we have uh, some radio hosts here that got in a lot of trouble. Yes, they did. For pushing a topic with the actors of why is the brother and sister brother and sister when it's obviously you guys are adopted or something and mm-hmm. they got a lot. They got the race card played on them pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And I understand why, you know, some people get kind of weird about that and mm-hmm. you got to be careful with that stuff nowadays. Uh, unless you give zero fucks. And um, so the point is, I found that very interesting. Mm-hmm. And But now it doesn't matter because the movie bombed. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it, that's, that's That was the one thing I wanted to say. Like, yeah, ever since that controversy, which happened when they did that interview, you know, they got a lot of flack for that. But as soon as this movie just tanks, everybody's going to focus on how much the movie sucks and nothing else. And uh, if it was the Titanic with race relation problems, mm-hmm. that'd be a big deal. Exactly. But it's not. It's well, not. it sunk like the Titanic. It definitely did. <laughs> big time. And, you know, I, I was I was never even going to go see it in the first place. I I've remember us talking it. and being like, oh, Ant-Man. And then Fantastic. Oh, no, we're skipping that yeah, one. We're done with that <laughs> you know, I've never been optimistic about the Fantastic Four. You know, they're, they're characters that I want to like. I liked um, the Silver Surfer from the old yeah. version. I Voiced that, by Lawrence Fishburne yeah. in the uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Arguably the only good thing good about that entire movie. Maybe aside from the Stan Lee cameo. But, I mean, how can you not like Stan Lee? They're He's always incredible. great. There's so many I don't even remember them anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, every movie. But, uh, you know, this movie just... The, the critics are tearing it apart. One of the biggest complaints, of course, is that it's another origin story about... Hour into the film is only when you see the Fantastic Four. The villain is Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom is really weak. His powers make no freaking sense, and they have a little five-minute fight with him at the end, and that's pretty much it. Just get to the damn superheroes already. <laughs> I am so sick of origin stories, especially for characters who've had a long time existence. You know, the Fantastic Four are one of the most classic Marvel characters of all time. They're like Superman they, old. Well, not quite, but they're they're up there. I mean, they're 1960s old. They've been yeah. around for a very, very long time. You know, my dad was a, a little kid when he could have been reading about these characters. Uh, that just shows how long these guys have been around, and yet 
after three movie attempts, they still can't get it right. And I'm not sure what it's going to take to make this thing right. And of course, there's been a lot of controversy behind this movie. Not just in the casting choices, but just the director himself, Josh Trank. Who has been basically cruci crucified by the social media. And even back in May, before the movie even came out, he pretty much denied the movie's existence. He's like, yeah, I made it. I didn't have a lot of creative control and it's probably going to suck. But don't worry, I'm Josh Trank. I'm going to go on to make a lot of big movies and I'm going to have more creative control behind them. I think that's all bull crap personally this is the guy apparently who worked on i think x-men days of future past which i honestly thought was pretty good and then we go to the fantastic four and it just does not work and i'm not sure how they can make these characters work yeah you know that's funny because i thought days of future past i loved the new i don't want to call it a reboot but i love mm -hmm. the new um origin or like prequel i guess they made mm -hmm. with the x-men series yeah. i love those and two they films. incorporated all that in yeah i loved know? that so it's a shame that this sucked but at the same time, you think the studios would learn to back the fuck off and get some good people in there, mm -hmm. just spice some nerds throughout this, the staff, mm -hmm. and let them do their thing, you know, and then get out of their way. Because the Fantastic Four, as much as I could care less about them, I'm going to be honest, they could have been good. Mm -hmm. They could have been good. And they could have developed some cool characters. They could have got... Uh, what's his name? Johnny Flame or Flamer or what's his name? <laughs> Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm. That's the name of the character of the Human Torch. Yeah. Who's now played by Michael B. Jordan. Well, you know, they could have had Captain America and the Human Torch all in one character, and yeah. they fucked it all up. They did, you know? I mean, just... I don't know. I'm just... I was never enthused about it. I'm not surprised that it bombed. I am shocked that it bombed really hard. Like, I think the current Good. rating Let on uh, IMDb is a, a 4.2. Rotten Tomato was 7%. Yes. No, that was Pixel. Yeah. That was Pixel, sorry. <laughs> Which is just... It's funny. The scores for Pixels are a little bit better. That shows you how bad this movie really is. And yep. Most of the reviews also just say that it's just... It's a really somber, self-loathing movie. You know, it seemed dark you in know, the trailers. You, you ex but that's the thing. It's like, Fantastic Four is not dark. It's the Fantastic Four. Just say that out loud. They're fantastic. Exactly. They're supposed to be, you know, boisterous and happy and fun. They're a family. <laughs> they work together. They're fantastic. Yeah. Except for the thing. <laughs> He's not wearing pants, so you see his rock balls constantly. And also the biggest complaint was that the CG was just years behind. It, I've you know, got to see some action. You know, they that. said that it was like a 2005 movie in 2015. It I want to see some action. It, it looked that. awful. Uh, you're not going to be able to find much of it because there, I've been told there's barely any action in the movie whatsoever. Um, and there's also a lot of reshoots. So apparently there was a lot of continuity errors. Like there was like a point where Sue Storm's hair changes like to a completely different color. And that's because they had to do a reshoot and they didn't think, oh, maybe we should dye her hair back to what it was like originally. Nah, fuck it. We got to get this movie out and make sure it gets pumped out and sell action figures and all this other bull crap. That's, that's really the only reason this movie was made, and they already had a sequel greenlit for the Fantastic Four, which I imagine after the uh, the bomb that this movie is, they're probably not going to make a sequel. And you know what? I'm okay with that, because they just continuously get everything wrong with this franchise, and you'd think it'd be one that'd be really easy to get down. Maybe we'll see the Fantastic Four again, maybe in another sequel, maybe another reboot. Personally, if I ever see them again, I want them to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I don't want them to have their own movie. I kind of want them to be like the Incredible Hulk, where they already exist within the universe, we've just never been introduced to them quite yet, or they haven't become as famous. Like, imagine at the end of the Infinity War Part 2, they need some extra help and they call in some reinforcements. One of those groups of reinforcements is this group called the Fantastic Four, and they just show up out of nowhere with like their very own special suits that they designed for the movie. I think that would be a really cool surprise. Is it going to happen? Probably not. And a lot of that has to do, of course, with all the licensing issues. Let it die. 
I'm done. Yep. Okay. Done with a fantastic foe. It's a fantastic bow. Don't like it. Fantastic boar. Absolutely. Pixel and Aloha are the two other ones that bombed this year. Yeah, and you actually saw uh, Aloha. I I saw Aloha. My girlfriend really wanted to see it. She's like, ooh, Bradley Cooper's finally in a chick flick. I need to see this. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, whatever. You know, let's (laughs) let's eat this lady movie dick once a month, Mm -hmm. you know, because I gotta go see the movie she wants once Mm -hmm. in a while. And uh uh it just I remember leaving the movie theater. I'm like, okay, I didn't really like it. And, but I'm not going to tell my girlfriend that right away. Cause yeah. that's not really fair. Yeah. That's not a nice thing to do. But then the next day I called her. I'm like, Dana, uh, I, I really didn't like it. Yeah. I just you want- had to like call her. Be like, <laughs> like, are you, are you sitting down, babe? Cause yeah, like, I just didn't like it. The movie sucked. It wasn't great. It was really bad. Bill Murray was the best character and he was barely in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I there was some good writing, but it just didn't really go anywhere, and it was. But just... again, it's one, it's a romantic comedy. It's one of those movies where, like, you see the preview, you pretty much already know how it's going to end. Yeah, you know, I mean, of course, he ended up with uh, what's her name, uh, Emma Emma Stone, Stone I think. Yes, her name. Emma yeah, Stone, who's a big up and comer, but she got a lot of controversy from that movie too. They said a lot of that was a uh, Hollywood whitewashing. Yeah, because she's supposed to be a Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Or Asian, or like I think or, it was like Japanese Chinese. No, Japanese American. There's obviously mm-hmm. she's half white, but yeah. half something else. Yeah, but uh, all Hawaiian, and they push the Hawaiian culture real heavy in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they're trying to do a deal with this guy, you know, um, to give him half the land or something. But they're like the spirits do not agree, and it, it, yeah. I, I just didn't care. Yeah, Mikalaka Lakey, you know, you want to lay me past the point, Mahalo. Yeah, I was just like, I don't okay i don't care you know and then so it just wasn't very good but let's get to pixel yeah pixels oh my god this movie could very well be the end of adam sandler's career good just like fantastic four uh it's just been getting some terribly scathing reviews the critics have just been eating it alive and it's just for a number of reasons you know i mean it, it looks pretty on the outside you know i think the effects are probably Maybe the only thing I could recommend about the movie, but as far as like a comedy, a story, and characters that work, it's just a complete and total train wreck of a movie. And that's a shame, too, because it's also a huge step backward for video game movies and for nerds in general, because one of the biggest complaints I heard about the movie was that it takes its core audience and just outright makes fun of them and says that they're just a bunch of basement-dwelling virgin dickholes who are never going to amount to anything. And even though that's true, we don't want you guys talking about it, okay? Yeah, our basements are nice, man. Yeah, they're well lit. Okay, I've had a girl in there. <laughs> Fuck. But yeah, it's just it's 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 a shame too because they also had big uh, actors in the movie like Peter Dinklage, and you know you had the uh, upcoming the Dinkle. Yeah, the upcoming uh, Josh Gad, who was uh you know he was in uh, the Book of Mormon, and he was actually you remember the Book of Mormon, the one main character like who was the, just like the larger guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was Josh Gad. He's uh, great. He's, he's now really famous because uh, he's the voice of Olaf the Snowman from uh, Frozen. Whoa, uh, funny that's a big ass gig. Th- funny thing, Josh Gad was also on the Col- uh, not Colbert. He was on the Daily Show last night as well. Uh-huh. He made a quick cameo. He came out and he's like, I don't even need to be here. Disney money, bitch. <laughs> and then he just like, walks out. <laughs> the back door. Disney money, bitch. Which is, yeah, and he's another one of those actors. Like, I heard that him and Dinklage were, like, the best parts of that movie because they were having a lot of fun and they were really hamming it up. And then you had, uh, you know, uh, Adam Sandler, you know, hoo-hoo, ha-ha, <laughs> you know, just doing his typical bullcrap. And he just, you know, just like Susan Sarandon and frickin', uh... <laughs> Vince Vaughn, they looked like they were too damn tired to be in the movie the entire time. 
And uh, unfortunately, this could very well be the uh, the end of Adam Sandler. I say unfortunately, but really, it's probably a good thing. He hasn't made good stuff in a long time. He hasn't, um, you know, and it's just it, it's a shame too because I loved him as a child. You know, it's just one of those things you kind of have to just let go. And that is going to be the end of Adam Sandler. But Pixels, Aloha, Fantastic Four, and we're not even topic talking about uh, Jupiter Ascending. Just these are movies that were supposed to be huge this year, and they all just tanked. In the most boom, epic boom, way boom. possible. But it's also a good thing because it shows that audiences are getting smarter. They're not just going to accept any crap anymore that's just going to be shoved down their throats. You know, I think the movies uh, that did well this summer did so on their own merits and because they were good movies in general. And, uh, you know, I'd say my favorite movie experience is still Kung Fury. I hate to say that, but something about that movie just touched me in a way I can't explain. And then, of course. Can you show uh, me on this doll where it touched you? <laughs> Oh my god, that that reminds me, I don't know if it was a Daily Show, or if it was Chappelle's show, where they were talking to Darth Vader, and Uh they brought this Yoda doll to, like, Darth Vader, and they're like, could you tell us where Yoda touched you? And Darth Vader's like, I can't do it. (laughs) Darth Vader was also on last night's Daily Show. Oh my god. Yeah, he didn't like how he was constantly uh, compared to uh, Dick Cheney. He oh. thought that was unfair on Dave's part, uh, or John's part, because, you know, Darth Vader's, you know, he's a huge Star Wars fan, and he always has those type of weird things on the show. But he was just happy. He's like, wow, I didn't expect a Lord a Lord of the Sith to show up tonight. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I thought that was really good. So, okay, we also had some other things. Uh, the Star Wars Steel Book and then the new Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I don't, I don't um, the, the Star Wars, th- this is just something I want to talk about. Um, as a big Star Wars fan, one of the biggest struggles about being a Star Wars fan is deciding what versions of the movies to own because over the years, a lot There's of them have been, been yeah. redone. They've been recut and re-edited, and a lot of new scenes have been added. And they just announced this week they're going to release all the Star Wars movies again. We expected it, of course, with the release of The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be in these Blu-ray limited edition steel books, which feature like the faces of characters right on the front. But it's going to be the recut, edited versions of the films. And most hardcore fans do not want to see that. And that's the key reason why I have yet to pick up any Star Wars movies on Blu-ray, because I kind of want the older versions on film, because there's... You know, before they added just minor things, you know, they'd add a new scene like with uh, robots in the background or, you know, they'd show a brand new sweeping shot of Tatooine or they would make the lightsabers look better. Those were good changes. But then they would start literally adding in lines that were never there before. There's a scene at the end of Return of the Jedi, which is my favorite scene of the entire film. It's at the very end where Emperor Palpatine is about to kill Luke Skywalker with his electrical energy and he's constantly hitting him with it. Unlimited power! Exactly. And it's so, and it's a silent and visceral scene and it's just Palpatine killing him and Darth Vader's just sitting there watching the entire time, not saying a word. You see the lightning reflecting off of his mask. The music starts to kick in. It's all ominous. And then without saying anything, Vader just picks up Palpatine and throws him over the edge and he falls into the reactor, which is the death of the Emperor. This is the moment when Darth Vader finally redeems himself. A couple years ago, they released him again, and during that scene, George Lucas just thought it would have been a really good idea to have Vader say something. And what's the most infamous thing that Darth Vader can say in a scene to take away from the seriousness? No. No! During that scene, instead of being silent, Darth Vader looks over at the Palpatine, he goes, No! And then he goes, No! And then he picks him up, and then he throws him. That was the most unnecessary... That was like the straw that broke the camel's back. That was like, okay, I accepted 
all of the stupid CG monsters having a musical number in Return of the Jedi. I accepted <laughs> all that bullshit in the first one with Jabba the Hutt, but this is just awful. Taking away from my favorite scene of the movie, and that scene was so powerful because nothing had to be said, and it's also a really great... It showed that George Lucas could make some really effective films because during that scene, you have a character who's wearing a mask. You can't see his face. You can't hear him at all. And yet, you could totally understand what he was thinking and feeling during that scene when he was conflicted, when he was watching his son being killed and thinking, should I do something about this? Should I just let this happen? And no, he just picks him up and throws him off. No, nothing. Boom! Awesome scene. Definitely one of the best ways to end that movie. And it's like the final redemption moment for Darth Vader. And they completely destroy it by adding in that scene. And damn it, I don't want to pick it up if it's going to be that version of the film. What are Jedi Rocks? I heard something about Jedi Rocks. Jedi Rocks, that's the <laughs> that's the famous song which was included in Return of the Jedi. Okay. Which was this uh, brand new scene where they're at Jabba's palace. And in the original movie, Jabba had a band that would play this, like, this group of aliens. Uh, I'm so nerdy that I know that they are known as the Max Rebo Band. Okay. Max Rebo is the little blue elephant who plays on the keyboards. Uh, you have Droopy McCool, who is the uh, guy who plays the clarinet. You have Cy Snoodles, who is the singer. I actually know all the names of the band. And they decided to expand that scene in the brand new version by basically creating a bunch of CG aliens and having this weird little musical number, which was just included. George Lucas felt that it would be funny in the middle of a Star Wars film. That is literally his reasoning for including it in to take away from some of the darkness of what's going on. The problem is it doesn't mesh well with the movie at all because this musical number kicks in, it happens, as soon as it finishes, the next scene is Jabba the Hutt throwing one of his, of his uh, slaves into this like hidden door pit, which has the rain core in it, which just annihilates and eats her alive. It's such a creepy scene, and it does not mesh well with everything that's going on in there, and that was like... One of the things that made that whole, like, situation work, because, you know, you have all these goofy aliens, but Jabba the Hutt is a guy you do not want to mess with, because he'll just feed you to his giant monster that hangs out under his castle. Yeah, like, he'll just tear you up. He's, exactly. he's a gangster. Exactly. He's just a, he was cold and ruthless. Yeah, and now it's, uh, you know... Now, don't get me wrong. When I was younger and uh, I had an opportunity to see these films in Did you even know that was an original? Did you know the original? Oh, I knew. Even as a kid, you know. Well, for one, you got to realize these special edition versions, when they first started changing them, they came out in 1997. They wanted to release them... Uh, about a, a little a year before Phantom Menace was going to come out because it would build a little bit of hype. And this was also the first instance where I got to see these films on a big screen, which was a huge deal. And uh, at the time, I didn't mind them as much. Uh, you know, obviously I was younger. Well, you don't know much then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, you're just like, oh my gosh, this is all new and CG and cool, you know. I'm a kid, I'm going to get all these action figures, it's going to be great. <laughs> you know, and then you get a little older and you're like, mm, that really doesn't belong there whatsoever and no. it's just stupid. Um, but yeah, I, I was just kind of hoping maybe as uh, the new movie is coming Ooh. out, they would finally decide to release the original unaltered films, clean them up, make them look good in HD and put them on Blu-ray because the fans will buy them. You know, I mean, Disney, if you want to make money, release those. I know eventually they probably will, but we just have to wait and be the super limited that. edition uncut reboot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blu-ray. Uh, there is a version of I wouldn't mind owning it was, a, and I actually did own it originally, but I got rid of it because I heard that they were going to be coming out with them on Blu-ray. The problem is I didn't do my research and I didn't realize how much they were actually going to change. The ones they released in two thousand four, 
there were changes in them, but it was still a version of the film that didn't have Vader saying no. So I really still wish I owned them, and I'm like this close to like buying them. The only problem is they're like $75 on Amazon. They're Woo! really expensive. So that's something I'm really going to have to think about before I take that plunge. So be careful when you're shopping for Star Wars DVDs, especially on Amazon, because you never really know what you're going to get if you're going to get like the newest version. Because life is have... like a box of chocolates. It is. Never anyway. what you're going to get. So let's get to Awkward Imgur, Corey. We're bringing it back. That's right. Awkward Imgur, bitches. So if you don't know what Awkward Imgur is, it is when I have collected a bunch of awkward pictures uh, from the site Imgur, and then I make Corey read them for the first time. And he, uh, you know, he struggles through it. He also tries to describe what he's seeing. And I love that part because then I get to pick the most awkward things to show him. And he has to describe them for our audio only listeners yeah. and to the entertainment of the video people. Yep. Yeah. And if you don't know this, if you're just listening to this, this podcast does have a video component on YouTube. So just type in the powerful Nerdcast. Okay, Corey, I'm opening uh, these images. Uh, there we go. Okay, go for right. it. I need you to actually give me the oh, images. Oh, you need that? Yes. Corey needs this. We have a few uh, USBs around here, and this one's called Mega Godzilla. We label them all. <laughs> yep. We, we name a lot of Mecha our stuff Godzilla. after like robots. Okay. Oh, some of these are... Some of these are going to be weird, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Oh, my. Let me let it do its thing here. I don't know which order these are going to open for you. Uh, let me see. Uh, well, I'm just going to go random here. We're going to start from the top. Okay, so our first image on Awkward Imgur Readings appears to be uh, pre-Caitlin Bruce Jenner. Oh, yeah, this um, one. And here we go, and it looks like he's talking to his family, and it says, Okay, kids, ratings are down. I'm going to take one for the team. <laughs> He definitely took one for the team. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah, there we go. It just gets more awkward from here. Okay, the next one is really <laughs> great. All right, so it looks like someone's about to propose to his wife. Yeah. Um, and it's actually a little bit of dynamite in a Like ring the cartoon. Yeah. Like the cartoon dynamite. A uh, little cartoon dynamite. It's got like four seconds left. <laughs> and then, of course, you have uh, who he's... Uh, proposing to and she's all dressed up of course and middle she eastern says, garb with the <laughs> he went to jihad <laughs> <laughs> obviously you know riff on he went to jared's mm -hmm. you know but he went to jihad's but it's a middle eastern lady yeah, with the diamonds coat. she'll pretty much have to oh god okay next we have uh what looks to be a uh a tweet a tweet yeah. from uh, a man by the name of sam delanche or sam delanche and he said uh i thought my vasectomy would keep my wife from getting pregnant, but apparently it just changes the color of the baby. <laughs> Ouch! Well, uh, looks like he should have kept a hidden camera with his wife. Obviously, he didn't go to jihads. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he should after this. We'll have to see. What's his next All one? All right, this next one, it appears to be uh, not just a regular stormtrooper. This is actually a, uh, a biker trooper. These are the guys who use the, uh, the scout bikes when they're on planet Endor. And uh, he's looking at this very attractive woman, and he says, I'd hit that, like the side of a tree on the forest moon of Endor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. That's hard. It that's is. That's hard. <laughs> that's really hard, because in that movie, it, like, doesn't even matter if they, uh, like, barely tap a tree or, like, they always explode. <sighs> yeah, when Family Guy did their parody of the Star Wars film, there's yeah. a scene where one of them, like, hits a tree, and then he falls off the bike, and he actually starts to walk away. He's like, ow, 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 and then he just explodes randomly. Okay, next one. Oh, my Lord. So what would happen if Willem Dafoe 
yes. was the Joker. Seeing this makeup here actually kind of convinces me that it could work. It totally works. It I saw would. this wow, picture. Wow, he looks creepy as hell in some of these pictures. And this he also totally just... looks like the Batman from the games Joker. Yeah, he looks like Arkham Asylum Joker. Yes. Which I'd love to see that version of it on screen, but wow, dude, these Photoshoppers are getting scary good. Yeah, they're really good. Like, that literally looks like they took Willem Dafoe, put him in a studio, and put the makeup on him. It looks great. Like, that's pretty freaking impressive. Not exactly awkward, but very creepy. Yes. Yeah, I very like that good. a lot. All right, uh, next one, uh, we have another uh, looks Facebook, like Facebook message. Uh, they didn't want their name or anything here, but it says, it's so hard being a single mom when you have no kids and are a male <laughs> teenager. <laughs> Not that funny, but I thought it was Not good. Not that funny, but definitely <laughs> awkward. It's strange. Let's move on to the next one here. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, we have, how, this, how do you describe that? I don't even know how to describe this, but it's a picture of this small baby and he's right next to this ridiculously portly manatee and it looks like they're almost hanging out in space and the manatee is saying set it all on fire child it looks like the child has like fire powers i don't really understand it looks like this is actually a picture at an aquarium but they cut out the the glass Mm -hmm. and then they like he's looking right at it superimpose them into space Mm -hmm. and uh, they gave the baby fire powers and Mm. the, the manatee is just uh you know encouraging pyrotechnics well, either that or the the manatee literally has the power to bestow you know fire power on i think people. we're going kind of deep on this picture we are now. but it's a really funny <laughs> image if only just for that big fat manatee that's goofy looking all right uh next one we have uh it looks like some sort of panda meme yeah uh, it's just a panda sitting down on a log with a beer it looks like um let's see what he has to say uh you remind me of my big toe because i'm gonna bang you on every piece of furniture in my house <laughs> Dude, I'm totally gonna remember that That's line. A good, That's good so pickup line. Funny. Oh my gosh. Oh, save that one for sure. Like that's okay. one of those like Corey needs that on his phone. Just that's in case an archiver. He's a hot chick. All right, so here we go. Next one. Oh, this one's a little more in depth here. It's a, yes. a whole. It's a good story. Though. It's a, it's a little story here. So uh, get comfortable, guys. Get, get use some, your best like theatrical voice when you read it. My best theatrical voice. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll try for sell it. You know, a little Patrick Stewart meets. Yeah. Uh, Ian McKellen here. Uh, in, <laughs> How much more English? In 1986, Peter Davies was on holiday in Kenya after graduating from Louisiana State University. On a hike through the bush, he came across a young bull elephant standing with one leg raised in the air. The elephant seemed distressed, so Peter approached it very carefully. He got down on one knee, inspected the elephant's foot, and found a large piece of wood deeply embedded in it. As carefully and gently as he could, Peter worked the wood out with his knife, after which the elephant gingerly put down its foot. The elephant then turned to face the man, and with a rather curious look on his face, stared at him for several tense moments. Peter stood frozen, thinking of nothing else but being trampled. Eventually, the elephant trumpeted loudly, turned, and walked away. Peter never forgot that elephant or the events of that day. Okay, now you have to read the next page. There's a next part. Oh, I was like, okay, this just sounds like nice and heartwarming. How's this going to turn dark? Let's see here. Uh, was it supposed to be Team Rocket? No, no. Where's the other page? Damn it. Where's the other page? <laughs> we, we totally screwed this up. No. Because the pictures... <laughs> Isn't another part of the story? 
Okay, here we go. 12 years later. 12 years later. Or 20 years later. Uh, here we go. This is okay. the next part of the story. Discard Team Rocket. Uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to back that. to them. Uh, 20 years later, Peter was walking through the Chicago Zoo with his teenage son. As they approached the elephant enclosure, one of the creatures turned and walked over to near where Peter and his son Cameron were standing. The large bull elephant stared at Peter, lifted its front foot off the ground, then put it down. The elephant did that several times, then trumpeted loudly, all the while staring at the man. Remembering the encounter in 1986, Peter could not help wondering if this was the same elephant. Peter summed up his courage, climbed over the railing, and made his way into the enclosure. He walked right up to the elephant and stared back in wonder. The elephant trumpeted again, wrapped its trunk around one of Peter's legs, and slammed him against the railing, killing him instantly. Probably wasn't the same fucking elephants. <laughs> the point is, animals are dangerous. They are. Don't go near them. Exactly. They're... Wow, that got really dark right at the end there. Well, uh, okay, sucks go... to be Peter. You know. The point is, you know, don't go near, don't go near wild animals. Okay. Well, uh, let's go ahead and go to uh, Team Rocket here. That was okay. the one that actually popped up. Um, prepare for trouble. No, make it double. To which Donald Trump says, "Say no more." I got that. <laughs> Oh, Trump, you managed to make it in our podcast so much this week. Yes. That is amazing. All right, this next one here. Uh, I heard that Inger likes cat photos, and it's just a picture of Chinese food. <laughs> God, I think we had a joke like this before. Apparently, like, that's always been a thing. You know, people always say that the Chinese eat cats and everything, and they serve it in our Chinese food. So my favorite is a mix between uh, he must have gone to jihads or, uh, okay, kids, the ratings are down. I'm going to take one for the team. You know, um, I'm still going with the panda and the big toe. That was your thing? I just think that's funny. I like the manatee as well, just to set it all on, or it's hard, on fire. It's hard being child. a single mother when you have no kids and you're a male teenager. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny, too. Uh, but there it is. That was another amazing segment of Awkward Imger Reading. That's right. We will return to that segment next week. A lot of people demanded that that should come back, and we are going to continue to make it a solid part of the Powerful Nerdcast. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to see the Powerful Nerdcast, you may check it out in a few places. One is on our YouTube channel, Super Comic Guru 9000. One is on iTunes. And last, but definitely not least, is RogueIntel.com. And what RogueIntel.com is, is a podcast network where you can listen to a bunch of cool podcast shows under the same sort of like label, I guess we want to call it something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's really just a great community of podcasters that like to help promote each other's stuff. So go check it out. They've got great shows like Pure Orgasmic love uh, now that i'm older now that i'm older and there's literally a ton of shows and uh probably moving forward we're going to put a show promo in our show so every week we'll let uh one of the guests from the other show do a one minute promo within our podcast so get ready for that starting next week we should have those so uh you'll get to have a little snippet of some of the other shows on the show and uh, what else can we say about Rogue Intel? They're awesome. They're Check awesome. Them out. They're cool guys. But, yeah. uh, but thank you guys again for watching. Uh, we'd love to hear more from you. We'd like some viewer questions. We'd like some comments and some topic ideas. What do you guys want us to discuss and talk about? Please tell us in the comment section below, either here yeah. on YouTube, or you can also check us out at iTunes and Rogue Intel. We would really appreciate it. Yeah, you guys. Thank you so much. Like, honestly, this show is 
80% you guys push us to do it. Like we hadn't done awkward Imgur in a while. And we got a comment saying like, yo, bro, that's why I listen to this show. It's for awkward Imgur. So you better put that back in the show. And we're like, shit, we've been kind of lazy on that. We got to get that back in. So, so your uh, influence is real. Yeah. And we may not respond to all those comments. Uh, actually, Corey, you did respond to that comment, mm -hmm. but I may not respond to all those comments, but we always pay attention to them. And mm -hmm. so give us your viewer questions, give us your feedback. And also please, go rate our show on iTunes. That's a big thing. We need more ratings and uh, the reviews don't have to be long. They can literally be like three sentences mm. or you don't even have to really leave uh, a review. You just have to rate it mm -hmm. and five stars, the highest. So if you like it, please give it a five star. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's it. Uh, also, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to thumbs up the video. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the channel. We review anime and whatnot most of the time here. And uh, yeah, again, you guys make this fun. And uh, I enjoy sitting down with Corey and chit-chatting once a week. So please keep watching. So until next time, baby, see ya. Hey guys, Shane with Now That I'm Older. Check out Rogue Intel Prime with Duff and Chris. Anything goes in this podcast of infinite possibilities. The gang are sure to entertain with their take on the latest news, commentary, and review of, well, whatever the hell they feel like. Check out Rogue Intel Prime on RogueIntel.com.